The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hoop ball nation, Mavs nation, big greetings. Welcome back. Um, we're back with another show, and I might as well say um, happy new season because the new season is almost here. And so, obviously, we are here to talk about everything Dallas Mavericks as we start back up. And as we start back up for the new season, I bought some pod muscle with me, and I got my guy uh, David here, David Laura. He is um, with the social media team over at The Ringer. Um, huge Dallas Mavericks fan, actually is from Dallas, and he's he knows the team as well as anyone. So we were very, very fortunate to get him to come on the pod today. Um, David, how are you? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, so with this Dallas Mavericks team, are you excited about this season? Are you are you kind of skeptical? Do you think they can make a big run? How do you feel? Man, I am I am very excited. If I if I got to be honest, you know, I think you know um, from the draft. I you know, like I'm a pretty casual college hoops fan. You know, I watch some Big Twelve basketball for the most part, but outside of that, you know, I, I didn't know too much about these guys that they picked up. But I think after, you know, I think, you know, the moves that they were making were basically get better on off or get better on defense. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think we can make a run this year. Nice. Yeah, I think so as well. I think um, I, I like the intention they went into the offseason with. And um, I, I think that they made some moves that will definitely help them for next season. And I don't think that it jeopardized the way they played last season too much. I think if anything, um, it will be a bonus. So I'm interested to see um, how all this plays out, obviously, with training camp for them officially starting up tomorrow. The teams will obviously start to um, formulate, and we'll see how they get going. But before we dive in any further, um, for everyone out there, it is HoopBall promo time. This is a huge, huge deal for us over at HoopBall because all of our 2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. And so stick with us here because there's a lot to go over, but we're almost we almost never push our hoop ball products. And this is a window during the year we need to power the engine. Here's what's out. The draft guide, the draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon, the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. And our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access patch for the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know the Brewski 150, you need to know now. This is for everyone that's playing fantasy basketball, especially. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years. And, and new for this year, HoopBall is unveiling a monthly membership plan. I'll try to keep this part as short as, I, as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, also the new DFS pass, and all of our new in-season premium tools. The DF the, DF the DFS pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have our new wager pass for sports bettors who wants to pick and analysis, and we have the HoopBall 360. This thing has all the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. Head to HoopBall-.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now. You should be following if you weren't already following, but even more so now, 
to learn more and get yours. Everyone's playing. Everyone should be on it. No reason for you not to be. So let's do it. So, David, um, as we got into the draft, so I know you said you didn't know too much about some of these guys, but have you had a chance to catch up on any of them? What are your thoughts on the draft? Some of the thought, some of your thoughts on the offseason additions? Uh, yeah, you know, I think like like every every cool you know every big fan of the Mavericks or just you know NBA fans in general. I think you know once you find out they draft somebody, the first thing you do is run to uh, YouTube and insert their insert their name for highlights. And you know that's what I ended up doing the rest of that evening. Um, but I think overall, you know, they made some really good moves. I think you know everyone knows they're trying to get better on the defensive end. Um, because I think, you know, we were great offensively, but, you know, at, on the back end of that, on the NBA and the defensive, uh, defensive side. So I think it was really important to pick up defense. As I, we, I think we all know that, you know, some of these guys, some of that is, isn't really something that like a lot of people love. I think we, we all love, you know, scorers. Um, but yeah, I loved all the pieces they picked up. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for, uh, them to actually get playing time. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my thing is, I, I really like the direction. There was a few guys I wish they would have taken over Josh Green. But again, <clears throat> with the way that they tailored their entire offseason, I can understand the moves that they made. I would have loved for them to have taken Desmond Bain at that spot um, yeah. when they took, when they took Josh Green. But I understand they were trying to get better defensively. And he's not necessarily a bad offensive player. He's just a kind of a project. And I know it, it kind of it can kind of skew your view of the team because you see them as a team that can be competitive this year. Maybe not championship level competitive, but at least to make some noise in the playoffs. So it would have been nice to get someone that you don't necessarily have to wait on to come around. But they have done a really good job with developing guys. And most notably, Dorian Finney-Smith, who is a 3 and D um, type of wing. He's really their only 3 and D wing. And, you know, from the time he came in to what he was last year, he hit career numbers and three-point shooting um, and his ability to get to the rim. I mean, his offensive game has just kind of blossomed, and it's still growing as we speak. So it definitely gives some hope um, for Josh Green, a guy who was who comes in as a guy who's a capable scorer but not great at scoring. But he can hit the corner three, which will be very beneficial in Rick Carlisle's offense. But he can also, you know, with his athleticism, you know, he can make plays that maybe some other guys can't with his size and maybe just his hustle and his defensive prowess, you know, just to get out on the fast break and, and play in an in a offense that is very up-tempo. Yeah, I, 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 you know, like like most people, I was kind of skeptical at first, but I, obviously, you know, I think he has um, some really good IQ for his age and his, his playing, playing ability. Playing ability. Um, I think, like you mentioned, like the big thing is kind of just making sure he can build that that offensive side. I think you know, jumpers are going to be a work in progress. Um, and you know, to be successful in the NBA, I think you know you got to have scorers on the floor at times. And obviously, Luca's going to get everyone get everyone the ball in the best position as as much as possible. But he's going to have to knock those shots down. It's one thing to be open, but one thing to you know hit those jumpers. And you know, I, I'm honestly just hoping that Rick Carlisle. Uh, you know, trust this kid enough to play him because you know I don't see too many rookies outside of like maybe Luca or Jalen Brunson of the recent recent uh, recent bunch that have gotten a lot of playing time. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's exactly what type of player the Mavs needed to put around Luca. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I wish they had 
taking someone a little more offensive oriented um but can provide defense but again I, I i understand the vision and maybe they saw something in him that we didn't because they've seen these guys up close we haven't so we're looking at it from a distance and just kind of playing it by ear so i can definitely um you know take a wait and see approach as opposed to just not liking the pick at all I, de I definitely didn't dislike the pick there were just some guys that i wish they would have taken now um so they also took tyler bay who was the pac-12 defensive player of the year um, six seven wing guy he has a seven foot wingspan. Um, he definitely is going to bring a defensive presence, and again, it speaks to their entire offseason mantra, which was getting better defensively. And they took Tyler Terry out of Stanford, who might be the best shooter in the draft. Um, did you like either of these players at all? Now that you've kind of you know, now that you've kind of done some research on your team and you've seen what they can kind of provide, do you think Tyler Bay can get minutes this season? Do you think Tyler Terry can carve out a role because? Like you said, Jalen Brunson has been there. He's kind of he's a vet in some respect, and he understands the offense, and he might be a little more, um, you know, playing time ready, so to speak, for the team now. But do you think that these two guys could make their way into the rotation this season? I, I'm, I'm really hoping um, – I, I really like both of these guys after doing a little research on these guys. Uh, Tyler Terry, I'm really hoping, you know, is actually the shooter that everyone is predicting he'll be. Um, obviously, when we traded Steph Curry, I was, I, I will be honest, I was not a fan of it just because, you know, I love Steph Curry and I think he provides a lot. Of, Me too. <laughs> he provided so much scoring off the bench that, you know, when we could sit Luka for a little while, we had someone that was able to, you know, create shots. Um, but obviously, you know, he was a liability on defense and you can't, you know, we got to get rid of some of those offensive scores if we want to get better on defense, obviously. So, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping Terry can come in and, you know, provide some some quality minutes and some maybe like, you know, six, seven points a game at the start of his career. Who knows? You know, it's hard, it's hard to say. And then with Tyler Bay, I think, you know, I, if he's the defensive player that we 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 make him out to be, I think he'll, he'll definitely find some minutes. I could definitely I think, you know, we we obviously started loading up on that wing, that, that wing position. Um but yeah, I think he, I, he's he's a really good rebounder as well for his size, and I think he's going to bring a lot of like ideal skill sets to pair with Luca, which I mean you could say for anybody at this point with him. But yeah, yeah, definitely, totally agree. For Mavs Nation and everyone out there, I keep I keep accidentally calling him Tyler Terry, and it's Tyrell Terry. I've done that about four times on accident. Tyrell Terry. Don't want to get his name wrong because I'm a really big fan of this guy. Um, I was actually really shocked that they got him at the end of the uh, first round like that. I thought that he would go a little earlier because he started to create a lot of draft day buzz. But um, but for, for Rick Carlisle to get his hands on him in that system, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know how many minutes he may get this year, but I think down the line, I think he's a guy that they can definitely um, use. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter just because he plays more point guard than off guard but at the same time with today's nba a lot of teams are using two point guards on the on the court at the same time much like the and much like the nfl using two running backs in the uh, game at the same time so it's evolved so much that it's positionless basketball and maybe it won't even matter but i think he's a guy who definitely has a lot of upside in a league that puts a premium on shooting and if he can continue to shoot the ball like he did in college if that translates to the nba the the Mavericks have a gem. I'm I'm really excited about him. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, like you mentioned, like uh, he's just he's just gonna have to prove himself. Really, I think that's the bottom line of it for most for all these guys. 
Um, but yeah, if he can provide that shooting that he did, um, I think it was Stanford, if I'm correct. Yep, went to Stanford. Uh, yeah, if it's Stanford, if he could probably that shooting, he, he's going to, you know, I think he's going to fill him pretty nicely for, for Seth. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Um, so in terms of the team from last year and going into this year, so they have, they actually have 20 guys on the roster right now. And obviously that'll get trimmed down as we get into training camp and, um, and, and guys kind of, you know, part ways or go to the G League or get cut. Or they start to just form their um, their thirteen to fifteen man roster. Is there anyone on the roster right now that that is maybe maybe someone you saw last year that you felt like could could come in and contribute, or someone that you've just had your eye on in general with the Mavericks? Is there someone under the radar for you that you feel like could be um, a sneaky help? Because I'm like you, I thought Seth Curry was that guy that maybe didn't get as much shine as he should have. I think they could have given him a little more offensive responsibility while he was there, but it just didn't work out that way. There were some times he had big games. There were some times he didn't. And then I know he was fighting injury a little bit, so it, it, it kept him at an inconsistent pace. But is there someone under the radar for you that maybe people should look out for or someone you like that you hope to get more playing time? Yeah, I think there's a few guys um, from last the last year's squad. I think, you know, I think one thing I didn't expect to see do so well, obviously, uh, was uh, – Tim Hardaway. I think Tim Hardaway is one of those guys that kind of flew under the radar. I had a really good season with us. I think one of the best, if not the best, for his shooting. Um, so I think at, with the early part of the season happening and with, you know, with Chris Stapps out with that, with that uh, knee injury, he's going to have to, you know, fill in for some of the offensive side that, you know, is going to be lacking while he's, while he's gone. Um, I think it's him and Jalen Brunson. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Jalen Brunson can bring back to the table. I thought he was playing really well prior to that injury, and then, and then he obviously didn't play uh, bubble basketball. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see if he has a bigger role in this offense moving forward. I think, you know, he's kind of like our – he was kind of, you know, pu- pushing into that role of becoming like a nice little floor general when Luca was on the court. Um, but I think him and Luca have just have bonded so well together. Obviously, we see the banter on, on social media all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what he what he brings to the offense this, this year, uh, coming back from injury. Nice, yeah, um, I am too. I think I think if anything, he's he's a stable uh, presence on the on the court coming off the bench, and he can just he's a really good uh, table setter, so to speak. Yeah, gets everybody in order. You know, he's kind of like the quarterback out there, um, and he can actually score. So I, I really I, I I thought that that would be kind of a big loss for them going into the playoffs last year. But mm-hmm. to to everyone's surprise, I'm sure Trey Burke played extremely <laughs> well and made us almost forget that Jalen Brunson was on the roster because of uh, his ability to score the basketball. But I think his I think him as a floor general, that's something that that they missed. And you could see at times they were just out of sorts in their second unit um, in the playoffs. So I agree. What's your thoughts on Dwight Powell coming back? Were you a fan of him? Do you think he could contribute? He was a guy who was. Um, he was a very valuable piece before he went down and, you know, the type of injury he's coming back from, um, when you, when you have an Achilles injury, that's, that's just tough, but it, he was one of the more athletic centers in the league and he fits that system because they play so up-tempo. What are your thoughts on him? Man, I, I love Dwight. That was such a, I thought that was such a big loss for us because I think we lost the finisher at the rim. He was really good at finishing at the rim for us. Um, you know, just working that pick and roll with Luke, I think he was he was able to you know get to the rim, get to the rim with ease. 
So I, yeah, I'm. I, that's another guy um, that I would add. That's you know, I'm excited for the bounce back this year. I think you know, like you mentioned, that Achilles injury. Those are those are huge for those those big guys to make cuts and everything as well. So it'll be interesting to see how how he uh, gets uh, gets back into it. I know he he I know he was at the bubble but didn't play. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he's able to uh, get back into form once he comes back. Um, I think that's why they also kind of brought uh they brought back uh Willie Cali Willie Cali Stein as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he kind of was they kind of picked him up after hoping he'd kind of fill in that role. I think he did at times, but obviously not as well as Dwight. Mm-hmm. But obviously he he didn't play any bubble basketball either. Um, he opted out, so you know it, I think I think that's why they ended up bringing both of those oh, Willie Cali Stein back just to see you know maybe. Oh, maybe Dwight's not 100%. We can rely on Willie Colley to, you know, make those cuts and roles that he does. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm excited. I, I love him, and I hope he's, you know, gets back to 100%. Definitely. I definitely agree with that there. Before we finish up, let me um, also let you guys know 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of our control. But one thing we can keep in control is manscaping, and this is brought to you by our sponsors, Manscaped. Manscaping, they also lit the features. Um, we have the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you confidence boost through body image. That's a big thing these days. Of course, you know, with social media, this won't be on social media, but at the same time, you look good, you feel good. Um, the Lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof um, item, comes with the LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in the dark, in a dark shower. You should have the lights on, but if you don't, there's a light to help you whatever floats your boat this is also just released the shears 2.0 nail kit which is the perfect add-on to the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer um in fact listen to this show will get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code here at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com use the code xxx it's time to grab 2020 by the horns and just shave we all should shave no matter what the case is. So, David, um, where do you where do you see the Mavericks finishing this year? What is your prediction on where they finish? Because for me, I think um, I think they could finish somewhere between four and six. I think a lot of this year will determine will be determined on health, whether that's COVID related or injury related, but also. Um, how teams progress coming off the break because this hasn't been necessarily the longest off season. So it'll be interesting to see if some teams continue to keep their stride. I think the Mavericks um, built up a lot of positive momentum with the way they, they exited the playoffs because some can build a case to say they would have advanced in the first round had Porzingis not um, got hurt. So there's a lot of positive thinking and a lot of positive momentum that can go into that. But where do you see the Mavericks finishing this season um, as we as we get back going? Lawrence, I'm right there with you. I, I you know, I, I I'm optimistic. You know, I, I I'm one of those fans. That, you know, I we've seen us perform sometimes pretty well, but you know, haven't been back even close since you know that that 2011 run, but. I, I actually think, you know, like you mentioned, four to six. I, I kind of said four to five. I feel like five is the sweet spot for us. But like, mm-hmm. but like you said, I think injuries are going to be the biggest thing. Like Luca just mentioned the other day in his, his uh, media day presser, it's going to come down to the team who can, who, uh, can stay healthiest, you know, with, especially with the pandemic and everything happening. We don't know how it's going to be with the, the COVID situation. There's not going to be a bubble to start the season. Um, so it's like we've seen all these issues with the NFL. 
are these, are these guys, if someone catches COVID, are they going to be gone for two weeks, a week and a half? You know, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to be. Um, so I think, like you mentioned, the health is going to be a big thing. And I think the, the big question is the health of Chris Stapps. You know, those knee injuries in, mm-hmm. were, are, you know, two big knee injuries for someone that size. It's going to be interesting, to say the least, how he, how he performs this year. And then, and then obviously, Luca had those ankle injuries uh, in kind of the middle of last season. So. But yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be a really weird season once again. I think, especially like you mentioned with with the the not long break that we've had, and then um, everything else. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, think that will be the case. Um, there was a couple of off season additions they made as well. Um, we have Josh Richardson who came over from Philly, a guy who was actually on the upswing when he left Miami, went over to Philly, didn't really have. Um, you know, the time that he thought he might be over there, he wasn't as big of a compliment to that team as as maybe he would have envisioned. But he's another guy who's defensive oriented, but also um, adds offensive firepower. They also brought in James Johnson, who's just kind of a do-it-all wing, but he's definitely a defensive presence as well. Are you excited about those two additions? Do you think that they'll be um, contributors in a way that that will benefit the Mavs? Or do you think that you know, they would disrupt things because, you know, the Mavs had an all-time great offensive unit. Um, they literally had the best offensive rating ever um, throughout the last season. And so you bring in a couple of guys who are more defensive-oriented, and maybe they lose a little offensive firepower, but I don't think it's by much. I think those two guys will really help a weak spot they had, which is wing defense. How do you feel about those two additions? Yeah, I'm excited. I think you know, they, they brought some enforcers. I think we all saw in the playoffs, you know, we, we, we lacked that, that, that defense on the wing end. Um, but I think we brought some people that, you know, are going to be, uh, so, uh, Luca's bodyguard, so to speak. Cause I think, you know, there was at times when he, he obviously and him and Marcus Morris were going at it. Um, there wasn't too much, you know, people going, getting in his face outside of Chris Stapps. And then when he, when he went out, it was just kind of all Luca, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I think those guys, like you mentioned, um, I am kind of cautious with so much defense that we're bringing in um, of the lack of, like, we had a superpower offense last year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, maybe I shouldn't worry too much about it because it's like now we'll have a well-defense, uh, more well-rounded team, I think, because um, we obviously we lost Seth. But I think you mentioned, like, Josh Richardson was on the upswing um, in Miami, didn't kind of didn't really find the, his role in Philly, but I think we're gonna have a, a nice little role for him out here, and I think that pairing with him and Luca is just gonna you know help us help us uh, take it to the next level and actually compete with you know like the teams like the Lakers and and Denver and everyone else that's up top in the West. Yeah, I I, I like the, I like those guys, especially when you consider when they're playing when they're playing in late games like the last four or five minutes of games. I think it's really important to have defenders on the floor. And if they can continue to stay at the rate they are offensively, when they get to the end of games, they won't fall off. Cause I think they just, I think they had trouble closing some games and that's the difference between maybe being a four seed and a six seed is some of those Definitely. close games where you, where you couldn't get a stop or, you know, you had someone in foul trouble and you didn't really have an adequate backup to, to come in and keep the, keep the ship afloat because a lot yeah. was dependent on, on Luka Doncic last year. And, you know, bringing in a couple of more playmakers, bringing in a couple of more wings, bringing in a couple of more guys that can just do different things, I think maybe um, helps them as an overall team. 
And even though they were, you know, it's really good to have a special quality of your team for them to be able to hang their hat on offense. And I mean, as much as successful as they were as a team with just that alone, I think adding some defense could really, you know, build some positive momentum for them going into this season. So I'm excited to see how that pans out because I think the last four or five minutes of games is where they will, um, we'll see how much better they've gotten because offensively they'll stay in it at all times. I mean, even when I've all, I said all last year, for them to be down by 10 to 12 points, that's literally a four-point game for them. I don't think they look at double-digit leads as an, an insurmountable um, chance to come back in a game. I think they always feel like they're in it because of their ability to um, to score. So now that they got some defense, I really like the direction that this team is headed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think the, uh, being a Dallas Max fan last season, you know, it was tough watching those last few minutes because I think – for the most part, like we we were always in it. We were always going to be in it. It was just, you know, almost came down to who got the ball last. And we saw, we even saw these cases of not posting out games in, in the bubble, in the, in the bubble when with the, the Blazers, they just kind of like overran us. And then with the, the, the Houston game, that was just like outrageous of how big of a, we, we just kind of blew essentially. But in, in the opposite case, we saw that, you know, we're not ever out of it in that game. I think it was game four, the Lucas step back. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but that that game I remember we were we were down, you know, rough. It was it was not good at the, the beginning of that game, but you know we we stuck with it, and then before we knew it, we were back in it, and then you know, and then we we have a game winner at the end of that. It's like one of those things, you know, we had to sacrifice a few few uh, few pawns to get better a better defensive position, um, and I think we did that sending. Um, Steph Curry, but you know, like you mentioned, we ha- we picked up a lot of defense, and I think that was the thing that we needed. And you know, moving forward, I, it's it's a lot to be excited about, especially at the end of the games. Yeah, I think I can speak for all Mavs fans when I say we were all watching with one eye open when you got to see Maxi Kleba guarding Kawhi Leonard because we don't have anyone <laughs> yeah. else back in the wing, <laughs> and 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 even more so to that, uh, he's another guy who can score, but because of so much defensive responsibility, it was chopping his legs down. He wasn't able to be as effective um, shooting the basketball because when you have that type of responsibility, you're chasing Kawhi Leonard or you got to guard Paul George for stretches or you now you have to guard a big that maybe is a, is you're a little outmatched, but because you're playing small ball, now that's your assignment. I think that just benefits everyone. I think a lot yep. of people can fall into natural positions and continue to excel um, without having to feel like you're playing and you're, you know, you're kind of swimming upstream. And there's not many guys in the league. I mean, if it's a four-point game, you know, up or down in the last two minutes, there's not too many people out there I'd rather have than Luca. So they'll be in good hands if they can get get the game to that point with him with the ball in his hands. I, I trust him a lot. And now that they have some defenders, it definitely makes things a little easier for um, for them to to get some of these close wins. Um, so I appreciate you coming on today, man. It was really great talking to you. As a Mavs fan, you definitely um, know your team and, and you're definitely in tune with what they have going on. Um, where can people reach you on Twitter? Because as Mavs Nation fan, I mean, we're always trying to rally our troops. So where can people find you on, on your socials? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, uh, at uh, David Lara, L-A-R-A, uh, David Laura. You know, just my full name. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. And on Instagram, I'm uh, David D underscore third, like third place, three R-D. Um, 
But yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's it's great. It's always fun to talk about Mavericks. You know, excited for the season. It's gonna be here. You know, preseason starts pretty soon. It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, all this happening. But you know, it's always great talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can't believe we got started. I mean, everyone was a little blindsided by it. I mean, we thought, I think everyone was kind of reserved to the fact that the season would start after the new year. And then once we got news that things were starting up on December 22nd, it was like everything was in hyperdrive. So I was like, I'll take it. I mean, it's been the shortest, literally the shortest offseason we've ever seen. And so um, I can't say that I'm too upset. I love basketball. Um, Seeing the Mavericks back on the court definitely is uh, great as well. So um, it was a pleasure. Everyone out there, um, subscribe to at Hootball Mavs, download the podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at LB Said It. Again, that's LB Said It, literally S A I D I T. Um, and my guy David will definitely be in touch. Um, and yeah, let's go, Mavs. I definitely look forward to uh, to seeing how these guys progress and seeing how these new additions come together, man. So you have a great one, and um, I'll definitely be talking to you soon. You too, Lawrence. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.